Well, I'm trying to feel my way out here. You can turn to Titus. The Lord's been everything to me that men can't be. And um, I found a satisfaction in in the Lord. Everything my daddy wasn't. Everything my mother couldn't be. Jesus is everything to my soul. And um, if you're not saved tonight, I wish you'd be, you'd sober up a little bit as these verses are going to teach us. And and, uh, consider Jesus. I thought about, I was thinking this afternoon, I was thinking about I was thinking about Adam in the garden when he fell, you know. We have um, been created after God's image, right? After his likeness, the Bible said. And I think that's somewhat of what the sin nature is. It's the damage that we've done through sin to that which was that bears the image of the heavenly. I think somewhat because in in the garden, Adam sinned without a sin nature, right? And I thought about this. The Bible said he was not deceived. So he knew the woman was deceived, right? The man wasn't deceived. So Adam willingly ate knowing he would die. He knew he was going to die. And I thought about this this afternoon. I wonder if that's because that which he bore an image of had already determined long before him that he was going to die for him. I'm not saying there's redemptive qualities in his love. I'm talking about the propensity of his love before the fall was of God. Anything you know of love was given to you of God, right? And his propensity that drove him to, to partake of that evil deed, I felt like it was love driving him behind it, uh, his love for his wife that was born, uh, born of him and made of the woman. Now, now you don't have to agree with me with that, uh, but I, I can say this. Long before he decided uh, to die with her, there, the, the, the father that created him had done chosen to die for him. Right? Maybe that's some of that love that was in him. I, I, I don't know. But I'm glad, thank God, long before uh, I, I got uh, under Holy Ghost conviction, they call it, convincing uh, during that time like you were talking about. There was a God who had determined long before that that he would, the judge would, would step out of the throne of glory and take upon himself the punishment and the guilt of sin and die for me. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad of that? We'll get to see that a little bit. Let's just go to the scriptures and I'm glad to be saved. I I hope you're saved tonight. I really do. I hope you're saved. And uh, we beseech you in Christ as be ye reconciled to God. And uh, that's why, because we we know what it's like uh, to uh, be born of God. I want that for everybody, don't you? I don't know what's keeping you back. I thought somewhat, a little bit. Again, this afternoon, I was thinking about 
You know what in Romans 1 and Acts and other places, what keeps men from, from being saved? What's keeping you from being saved? I don't think it's God. Do you? I don't think God's keeping anybody from being saved. I believe they're keeping themselves from something that's freely given to us. That's what this grace is. And maybe we'll get a minute to look at that. But um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what it is that's keeping you back. I, I think it all boils down to self. Right? Self is the problem almost exclusively. Uh, you remember in Acts when they were going to come, they were going to offer up. And he said, men, see that you do it not, uh, for we are men of like passions as you are. And he said at once, uh, there was one time when God suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, God left himself not without witness and that he did good, sent the rain from heaven in the fruitful seasons and filled our heart with joy and gladness. Amen. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? So I don't know. There's a time uh, when God has suffered people to walk in their own ways, walk after their own ways, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Turn from your way. Whatever you're going after, whatever's keeping you from God's way, whatever's keeping you, whatever's hindering, uh, whether it's where you have your faith placed, I don't care what it is in your life that's keeping you from God, turn from that to God. Turn on yourself. Turn on yourself. But anyway, we're back in, in the book of Titus, okay? And let's, look, and let's look quickly. We don't have to go back over because we did that this morning. Uh, so we'll just pick up our uh, reading in chapter 2 of the book of Titus in verse number 1. And this is to the preacher, the man of God, speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. And uh, that's important for us. So we need to remember uh, what's, how that's important to you is you need to remember there's a good chance that a preacher could say something that wasn't sound, right? Or else he would not be commanded to be sure to speak things that are sound doctrine. So it's on you to get in the Bible and make sure what he's saying lines up with the Bible, right? And be a good Berean. Now verse number two, the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, and charity and patience. And so I did a little bit of looking into this. I still could not narrow down uh, the age bracket in which this failed. Uh, the best I could find was nobody ever agreed one way or the other uh, on these things, but there was a, a general consensus, it seemed like, uh, as being uh, over 60 because of the word that was used here. Um, and so, I, but I, I wouldn't hold that to any kind of cause. The, I don't have scripture with scripture that I can compare. Uh, you know, Paul calls himself uh, the, the aged, uh, and so I tried to go back and look and see what time, how old he was when he made that statement. And guess what? Everybody's got a hundred different ideas of how old he was. So, but there was a general consensus that he was somewhere in the neighborhood of 60, 63 when he referred to himself that way. If he was in his 30s uh, when, he was, when Stephen was stoned, that said he laid at the feet of a young man, which was uh, uh, Paul, the apostle, soon to be the apostle Paul. Uh, so if that's the case, he was somewhere in his 60s when he referenced himself that way. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't really know. Some make an argument that it's uh, possibly over uh, 40. Uh, so I, there's no way to really know. So you just study it out for yourself uh, and uh, it the Lord will um, uh, let you know one way or the other. So uh, the aged men, uh, I think we've got a pretty good idea though what that would be. So the aged men, I want them to be sober, grave, 
temperate, sound in faith. And you know why I say it's not really that it's not really vital, uh, because really the way this is laid out, I, I could not I could not damage the scriptures and say every man in this church, every single man, should be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, and charity and in patience, and not damage the scriptures, including the preacher. So, uh, but the aged men, they need to be careful. I think he, he picked some of these out. I think because as you get older, maybe uh, these are characteristics that, uh, that, that you need to have. I don't know why he does that. I'm not the Holy Ghost. Uh, but he does narrow down some, a few things here to the aged men uh, to make sure uh, to have a healthy family, which is what we're under right now. We're looking at having a healthy church, a healthy family. We need to be sober. We need to be serious about things of God. We need to be grave. We need to be honest. We need to be temperate, calm and moderate and in control of ourselves and we need to be sound and whole in faith and charity and in patience and we got through that now look with me at verse number three and I'll try to give you some of these uh, as I can as we move along uh, here uh, to give you a couple of these uh, words that uh, sometimes are misused uh, but I'll I'll just give you what I believe uh, the Bible teaches on these in verse number three he turns them from the aged men so he's gone to the preacher and he's got him uh, his expectations he's got more for him to do uh, but he's laid those things out for the ordained elder then he turns to the, the aged men and what they should be and then he turns to the aged women uh, and it's important that they likewise be in behavior as becometh holiness, right? I want their behavior to uh, adorn uh, holiness. I want it to be uh, befitting of holiness, the aged women. And that's very important that they do that. Uh, but it's uh, just as important also that young women be holy, right? We're all commanded to be holy. Uh, and But uh, it's refocusing some because I've seen some women get later on in their years and they start not thinking clearly and they get a little bit uh, uh, thinking, they get their thinking out way out of whack and uh, they don't, they're not sound in their thinking. And so sometimes it's good to see verses like this that'll help you to concentrate and put in perspective of your priorities in life. And it's very important that evidently that aged women uh, let their behavior uh, be holy, right? And not false Accusers. We looked at that this morning. Not false accusers. It's important for ladies to be careful uh, that they don't make accusations. Um, and I think that's so important because we're liable to believe you. Right? Women, women can say something and they're, 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 a man's tendency is to believe them. And uh, because of his softness and his heart that he has towards them. I believe that's even natural in in worldly men have that same kind of uh, thing in them. So you must be extremely careful uh, not to be a false accuser. Make sure you're not a slander and and doing things like that. And uh, not given to much wine and teachers of good things. And so uh, we got that and that's going to be important in order for you to teach in number four. In verse four, you need to have verse number three down, right? And yourself. Teacher of good things. Verse number four, what kind of good things? That they may teach the young women to be sober. I don't know, I don't know why in the thinking of some people, I get this kind of thing. If you've ever counseled with couples or, or ever talked to uh, people that are on the verge of, of their marriage, uh, I, I'll hear something like this, and it's usually from a woman. I'm not saying it's her fault. I'm saying when this statement's made, it's usually a woman saying it. I deserve to be happy. You deserve to be in hell. And you're not thinking clearly to be risking your family on your happiness. 
Come on now, everybody. I deserve to be happy. No, you don't deserve anything. Uh, you just, uh, uh, whatever you have is grace from God anyhow. And you don't deserve nothing. None of us do. Right? But they, I've heard that, I don't know how many times uh, it's to say uh, that my husband somehow is doing something or not doing something and so and, and I, I don't deserve this. I deserve to be happy. Well, when you start putting your life and your home and your family and everything on the stake of your happiness, you are thinking wrong. You are not clear and you're not sound and sober in your thinking. Because that's not biblical thinking. Right? God's concerned a whole lot more about our holiness than he is our happiness. So uh, I deserve to be happy. And so I'll just find me another man I think will make me happy. Good luck. Amen. Now, uh, that's not sober thinking, is it? So you need to be soberly thinking in your mind. You need to be sound in your judgments. You need to be, uh, uh, this is, uh, and, and I believe there, that almost every one of these groups are exhorted to be sober. Uh, uh, but uh, a lot of times, uh, ladies have a tendency that could be more emotional and make uh, rash and emotional decisions. And so uh, it's good uh, to be reminded to be sober in your thinking and not be driven emotionally, right? You better be careful with that. And maybe that's why he mentions it there for you. But just however the Lord drives that home to you, it'll be right. But this is sober. This is uh, just like the... Uh, likewise, it's just as the men uh, need to be uh, sober in their thinking. Uh, they, they want, uh, the Lord wants the women to teach the young women uh, to be sober. And he wants the, he wants the women uh, to teach the young women. And I was talking to some of the men about this. I, I, don't, I don't think it's exclusive. I've had people do this. They get mad. Listen, if, one, if my daughter right here is doing something that ain't right, and one of you older ladies rebuke her and correct her for it, you ain't going to have no problem out of me. But I've been in churches where if you met, if you, t don't you tell my kid what to do. Why don't you get over yourself? Your kids ain't that good anyway. They need somebody to correct them because you won't. Right? Don't let that bother you. Because I don't see this as an exclusive. I don't think this is talking about Sunday school. I think he's saying directly, I want, the, I want the aged women to take part in the lives of the young women. And I want them to teach them some things. And I don't think it's talking strictly about by their behavior. Now their behavior is very important. And it's good that you young ladies watch the older ladies and pick these things out in them. And try to uh, model after those good biblical uh, uh, characteristics that you see in older ladies by just watching their life. That's a wonderful thing to do. Absolutely. But I don't believe that's exactly what this is talking about. I believe it's talking about literally. they uh, Not just by your life. But they, uh, the aged women need to take an active role and an active effort in teaching the young women. Say, well, I just feel useless. There's nothing that I can do. I don't care if you ever play an instrument in this church. If you're an aged woman, don't think that we put you out to pastor. P-A-S-T-U-R-E, not P-A-S-T-O-R. Right? I just feel like I'm no good, can't do anything anymore. Hey, if you can teach young ladies to be sober and you can live a holy and a clean life and you can love God and teach them to love their husbands, to love their children, to keep their home, you serve a great purpose. That's not, that's not something to be little, is it? <laughs> and, uh, and so, uh, again, just taking an active role and an active effort in the lives of, of, of the young women. Teaching them, here's what I want you to teach them. I want you to teach them to be sober. I want you to teach them uh, to be sober in their thinking and sober in their actions. And uh, next thing he says is they'll love their husbands. 
Well, you, let me say this. You can't teach a young woman to love her husband if you don't show that you love yours. Right? Come on now. That ain't going to carry no weight. That's like when I made that a statement a minute ago about ladies being emotional. That didn't carry much weight, did it? Because I'm ugly this whole time emotionally. They don't carry a lot of weight if you don't love your husband and they look at you and think, well, we know you don't care nothing about him. They're not listening to nothing you got to say about loving your husband. So you, you uh, uh, love your husband and, then, and, 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 and by those actions, and I, again, not just by your life, but take an active effort to exhort young women. When you get married, you need to focus. Your whole world is not your career, it's your home. And I'm not against careers for ladies. I believe even the Proverbs, uh, uh, Jobs and, and, and them in the workforce, I'm not totally against that. I think, I think even that Proverbs woman was selling things in the marketplace. But not to the detriment of her home. That I do disagree with. Because I believe her number one priority where she will find the greatest satisfaction and enjoyment in life is keeping her home. That's what I believe. And, uh, and men, we're going to have to allow them the time to do that. Problem is, some of you have put your family in such financial situations, your wife don't have a choice but to work. You might be able to do without that boat. Come on now. Now, your wife's out here killing herself, trying to work, keep up your, your uh, hobbies. I've seen men do it. Right? So if we want our wives to be a keeper. Now, listen, come on now. Don't fall out with me on this. Because I've got areas need improvement on this too. So just, well, all of us are going to take a big dose of it right here. Just suck it up, put your seatbelt on, strap it in, we'll get through it. That Bible does not say a keeper of the home. That's what I want to make it say. Because then that allows uh, for me to give some leeway and to allowing some things uh, even in my life uh, that I've allowed to happen that I shouldn't have probably never done. The, 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 does anybody think the Holy Ghost made a mistake when he, when he uh, preserved this King James Bible? I don't. I don't think he made a mistake. Now, don't fall out with me because I've messed up on this area too. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to just cause an area that I messed up in. I'm not going to stray from being, the teaching what I think the Bible's technically teaching. I think we've got ourselves technically in a position in this country where you can't hardly make it on one income. And I know it's hard. So I'm not attacking anybody. I've done the same thing. You hear me? I'm not attacking nobody. This book said, keeper, he's a keeper of the prison. Back in the book of Acts. Do you think the Holy Ghost has any problem if he wanted to say keeper of the home? Would he have had any trouble saying that? So what troubles me is we have a direct command from God for the aged women to teach the younger women to be a keeper. And it uses the word at home. So now... Here you legalist fundamentalists go again, trying to keep a woman down. <laughs> Just like the whiteys keeping the black man down, keeping the woman suppressed. You fundamentalist. That's not suppressing to a woman to fulfill God's will in her life, is it? I don't think I should be suppressing anybody. I don't care what you do. I don't have to live with you. So if it said... That the aged women are to teach the younger women to be a keeper at home. Here's, here's, here's what I do believe. Because if you take scripture with scripture, you have to see where there is no problem with that woman being involved and trying to be beneficial to that home. In whatever capacity that is. 
And so uh, uh, what I believe would be faithful to the text is to, is to say that that woman, when she's at home, she should have the time to be at home in order to keep that home. Now that may not be 365 days a year, however many hours you know, are in a league. I'm not saying that. But I am saying this. Some ladies are pulled out of that home so far that they can't keep the home because they don't have time to be there. Right? And that's dangerous. Can I tell you young men something right now? Don't get your home and start out your young life in massive amounts of debt and force your marriage to be strained by putting your wife in the workforce, working 12-hour night shifts. Uh, for uh, My wife worked 12-hour night shifts as a nurse three days a week for probably 10 years. That woman wasn't made to do that. Now, thank God for the grace that God gave her to do it. But her feet kill her now. She's got problems in her legs. And you know what most of that was? Because I drove us into debt. Now, I'm going to tell you, I was a lost man. So I get a little big excuse here. Don't you young men do that. Live within your means. And I want you to be successful in business and in life. I mean, I'm telling you, I don't care if God, if, as long as money didn't have you, I don't care if you're all millionaires. I think it's great. You can give it to church. We'll use it for missions. But do not start out your young life. Just because you get a good job doesn't mean you got to go buy a $40,000 truck. Just because you can afford it every month doesn't mean you need to buy it. Everybody okay? Don't start out your young life and your young marriage in such massive amounts of debt. God wants you to be fiscally sound. He wants you to be financially sound. And he does not want your wife to be in a position. Now, listen to me. There is nothing wrong with a woman going out and doing things to make money to benefit that home. I don't have, I don't have a lot of problem with that. I know a lot of old timers would crucify me for that. And that's okay. I can give them other things if they'd like to know them about me. But I am going to say this. Men, we need to do our best to strive to get our families in a position where that woman can honestly give her time and peace and joy to keep that home. Right? Now, some homes don't have children and some places, not, and there's, there's, every situation is different. Please don't start attacking me and getting mad at me. I told you, I can handle the women, uh, men being mad, but not you ladies. You, you can get mean. Right? So every home's different. Uh, so I'm speaking generally here. There's not an overall rule that bears each situation. Each situation's different. Right? But I do believe it's the will of God for a woman to have the time that she needs to be able to be at home in order to keep it. That's a keeper at home. That's not when she's done working a 12-hour shift and she's there so she can do the dishes and she can do the laundry and she can scrub the floors and she can do everything else while you're sitting on the couch. Come on now. What, th- this is why I said keep her home. If we're going to expect a woman to do the dishes and do the laundry and clean the house and teach the children and get them in bed and get their hair done and comb their hair and wash them and give them a bath and do everything else, and that we, then we need to give her some time to do that without killing her. She's able to devote her time to it. And ladies, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that's everything that you need to be. I am saying this. Don't let the society we live in tell you that that's some kind of low position for you to keep your home and bear children and raise them and love your husband and support your home and support your church. That is not some secondhand kind of life. 
You don't have to be a CEO of a company to be successful in life. As a lady, you can be successful raising your children, raising your young men, raising your young ladies, uh, loving your husband, supporting him, and keeping that home. And you can be just as joyful and successful in life as a Christian doing that as you could being a CEO of a company. And say, well, I don't like that. You know why you don't like it? Because you won't read your Bible. That's why you don't like it. And your opinion doesn't outweigh the Bible. You can say whatever you want to. And you can say, well, this is outdated. Well, I don't see where God said this was outdated. The only problem I got with your response to that. Is that what a lot of them say? Oh, that's old-fashioned. I say hallelujah for that. I'll tell you this. The divorce rate's done nothing but climb since we've done it. Hey, you, you start having problems in your home and you got your wife in the submission of some boss out there and she's out in the workforce and she, I'm telling you, I've seen it destroy many homes. We need to be careful. We need to make sure we're doing what God wants us to do is all I'm saying, right? Just make sure we're doing it because each situation is different now, right? And so that woman may have to do some things in order to get that family into a place and that's what we've done. I had, I had so got us into debt and made such bad financial decisions. If, if, if First Tennessee Bank had it and I could afford it per month, I got it. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about? Foolish young man. And if they didn't have it, I'd turn to, I'd turn to Citibank and see if their Visa credit card had it on there. Somebody's got the money. If I can afford it per month, I'll do it. That's a bad way to think. Bad way to think. Don't think that way. Be thinking about your future. Be thinking soberly. Be thinking about your home, your future. And uh, that's what the Lord wants for, for you. I want you to teach the young women... I want you to teach them to be sober in their thinking, be sound in their thinking, to be sober, serious, and grave, and to love their husbands. Boy, I tell you, this is difficult. Men, a lot of times, we don't give them a whole lot to love. And for that, I'm sorry, ladies, because the sad fact is there's a bunch of sorry men out there that, uh, (laughs) let's not turn down negative town here, okay? There's some sorry men out there now. But uh, I know ladies, sometimes us men, we don't give you a whole lot to love. But I don't know about you all. But I appreciate a woman that's determined in her heart that she's going to love her husband to the end. And we ought to give you a little bit more. We ought to make that job a little bit easier on you. But I want, to thank the, I want to thank the ladies that have been in my life. I, I've given my wife more reasons to run for the hills. She's loved me. And Brother Oliver, I believe I'm at where I'm at as a Christian because I had a wife that loved me. So, I want to thank you and I want to exhort you to just keep doing that. Say, well, he ain't worth loving. You're probably right. But it'll honor God for you to just love your husband. Young ladies, if you miss it and you make a bad decision, no telling what kind of situation you find yourself in. Marriage isn't a test drive. It, it isn't something you do to find out and make sure it's going to work. And six months down the road, you decide it don't work for you. When you make that vow... Before God and men, 
It's till death do you part to love that man God's put in your life. The good and the bad and the very often ugly. And at 38, 40, it don't get no prettier. I meant, I meant ugly in actions. Young ladies, I want you young ladies to exhort. You know what our society's done? It's put in the minds of these young people an idea of what is successful in life, and they can't figure out why they're so unhappy. You're unhappy because you're not doing what the Lord, uh, what, it, what the will of God is for your life, right? Now, you will find peace and joy in those things. I, I promise you will. And uh, again, every home's different, but uh, here's where we all come together and we can agree on this much. Every, every, every uh, Asian lady should be teaching young women to love their husbands. I have seen, I have seen Christians, and I'm, I'm using my time, give me five minutes. I have seen Christian ladies tell younger married women, I wouldn't put up with that, I'd get out of there. I tell you this much. Now, I'm not talking about violence. I believe in the time of separation. I don't think no woman ought to sit there and let no man beat on her. And I still wish we had a group of men that lived in these counties in the South that if you did, they'd come visit you. I'm on record saying that. You're going to have to cut that offline, I think. We need a disclaimer at the beginning of our preaching messages, I think. Low down and sorry for a man whoop on a woman like that. That's sorry. Now, I'm not talking about that. I'm, I, there are situations. I'm not talking about situations like that. Um, I've, I've seen some situations, some ladies. Uh, I'm not talking about remarriage, and I'm not even talking about divorce. But I, I do believe in a biblical time in which you ought to get out of a dangerous situation and get your kids out of that. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But I'm talking about petty stuff. He's not meeting your needs. He's not holding your hand. He doesn't tell you you're pretty. He doesn't, and shame on us for not doing it. But that's no reason to get a divorce. That shouldn't even be an option, right? Number one, it should be love your husband. You gotta love it. Older ladies, you tell these young married ladies when they have problems in their home, you know what you need to tell them when they go to belly aching? Hey, mama, she's left you and she's going to join up with that man and these two have become one and they're to clean together and shame on you to tell her not to put up with that. She, don't, she deserves better than that. Don't you do that. You need to exhort her to love her husband. Amen. Come on, don't die off on me. Amen. She's having a hard enough time wanting to leave me. Who's mad? Raise your hand. I'm mad. Stone, are you mad? Good. You get a wife, divorce is not even an option. Just set out to make that thing work. No matter what. Exhort these young ladies. Now, again, please don't misunderstand me. I, I, just like my wife in her case, I wanted my wife to be able to support herself if she didn't want to get remarried when she got older. So she got a, a, a nursing degree. She works as a nurse. And um, all those things. Listen, I'm not talking about stuff like that. Please, y'all, I think, hopefully know my heart enough to know uh, what, what, I'm, what I'm saying here. Each situation is different. So I'm not attacked. What I am saying is I, I don't think that it's some kind of... Um, some kind of bad thing for a woman to desire in her heart that she wants to keep her home. She wants to stay at home and bear children and raise them and love her husband. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. Do you? 
And it's almost like the women are taught in our day that that's some kind of uh, 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 suppression by the evil man uh, for you to stay at home. You know what I'd do? I wouldn't care if he's fat and ugly, if he had enough money. You think I want to go out here and work for a living? I don't know why you'd want to get out there and work. It's a mess out there. No, I'm kidding. Am I telling it right, some of you that work out there? Now, love your children. We're almost done. Love your husband. He is an imperfect man. Please, young ladies especially, get this idea out of your head of what you think you're marrying. I don't care. I don't care if, if it is the plain revealed will of God. That's great. You're still marrying a fallen man. <laughs> and not all of them are going to be as, as calm and sweet and wonderful as I am. And if you believe that, I've got something to say to you. Young ladies, you hear me? He may be beautiful, it may be handsome, whatever words y'all use, and it may be the perfect will of God. But don't you ever forget, that's a fallen man that you're married to. Amen. And his flesh is capable of anything. That's right. Amen. Amen. And you need to love him. I know, men, we don't like to talk about this stuff because we feel like we're, we're being somehow effeminate by talking about it. But I, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I, I need the love and support of my wife. Uh, I need to hear she's proud of me and she loves me. I need to hear that. Ladies, there's nothing wrong with doing that. You, you need to tell your husband you're proud of him, that you love him, you appreciate him. He needs that. Like, oh, he's a man, he don't want that. He wants that a lot more than he'll admit to if he loves you. And to love their children. Is that next? I've used my time. I said five minutes. That's the last part so we can at least close verse four. Young ladies, People may tell you various things in life and have different ideas for you. Just stay in your Bible and read the Bible. And the Bible said that the aged women are to be taught, teaching the younger women to be sober, to love their husbands, and to love their children. There's something about, if it wasn't for the women in my life, I don't know where I'd be. I had a praying grandmother. That prayed for me, still prays for me. Brother Tony, my mother loved me. I don't know if my dad, outside of sports, I don't know if my dad spent 20 seconds with me all of my life. Other than to tell me how sorry I was, I don't even know if he talked to me much. The feeling was mutual. We had a rough time meeting him. He probably should have whooped me worse than he did. But if I didn't have women in my life, my mother, my wife, my grandmother that loved me and prayed for me. And so I don't know why in the world that women in fundamental churches feel undervalued. I'm sorry if you feel that way. And anything that I've said that make you feel that way, I hope you didn't take it that way. Because there's nothing that could be any further from the truth. These women, your wife is vital to survival of your home. If God gives you children, God gives you a wife, she is vital. She's vital to your survival. I've seen more men try, try to commit suicide over a woman. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You greatly, you don't, don't think you're insignificant. You greatly affect his life. 
And so that woman needs time to spend with these children in order to love on them. And, and, and I, again, I'm not talking about trying to put him by. I'm just saying this much. You young ladies, I hear, you know what I've seen? I've seen young women and they go to have kids. Me and my wife have laughed about this for years. We got a friend of ours. We had five kids. My wife worked three nights a week, 12-hour night shifts overnight, was homeschooling our children. I was working 60 to 80 hours a week trying to preach and study the Bible and doing everything and was going to college. I went back to college, got a two-year degree. We were as busy as we could be. And she had one kid and she'd call us and say, I just need a break. Can you watch my kid today? You're so sorry. What are you doing? You need a break for. God gave you them children not for your mammal to raise. Right? Come on now. Uh, Mama gave you them children and she gave them to you for you to love them and for you to cherish them and you to care for them. Right? You got more grandparents raising the children of sorry parents that are more interested in satisfying themselves than loving their children. Willing to tear their home apart because they want to be happy. You ought to be happy serving God. Love your children. Tell them you love them. Let them know you love them. Hey, it wouldn't be a bad idea if you ain't told them in a while. Call them up and tell them. Hey, I wonder you know I love you. Wouldn't be a bad idea to put your arm around them and let them know you love them. You young ladies, I don't understand why it would be a, a popular thing to somehow feel empowered to murder an innocent child in your womb. I don't understand how that empowers any woman. There's nothing empowering about murder. You ought to thank God. God's given you the ability to create another human being and bring them into this world. Cherish those children, love them children. And I know that wasn't part of the message. I threw that in there because I felt a little guilty of it myself. I've not given my wife near the time she needed to be able to raise her home. But I have been, I set out on a mission since God saved me to get my wife home. And that may not be for everybody. But I've watched and I've seen how much our children need their mother. Daddy, there's a love that that mother has that often God's love is being spoken of in the effeminate. There is just some kind of love that that mother has for her. We'll never be able to replace it. Young ladies, Asian women, teach the younger ladies to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children. And we'll pick up the next, next time. Thanks for being patient tonight. Brother Reed, if you would, we'll give a verse if you want to come. Stand to your feet. I believe this is still right in 2021, just as much as it was when God penned it the first time. Lord, forgive us, help us. A lot of us are guilty of keeping our wives back from being what they want to be. And for that, we're sorry. Help us as men to enable the ladies to be able to do what they need to do, what you put in their heart to do. And Lord, I pray you'd help our older ladies. Lord, as they get older, they feel like there's no use for them. They feel un unneeded in some way help them to see that couldn't be further from the truth 
Help them to see how much they're valued and how much they're needed in teaching these young women as someone once taught them. We love you. Thank you for the word of God that keeps us straight on the narrow way. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need to come, you come on. Brother Reed's going to sing. What are you singing, Brother Reed? 472. 472. If you need to come, come on. Mind the Lord. <laughs>